Accountants Are Sexy is back for another season and this season we'll see our 100th episode. I want to take a moment to thank everyone that's helped so far. Every like, listen, subscribe, watch, all of it means the world to me. This season is sponsored by Charterpath. Charterpath is a charity designed to help the financial skills gap within non-profits. I've recently joined their advisory board to help them on their mission to increase volunteering within the financial sector from only 10% to a very healthy 50%. If you want any more information on how you can be a part of this mission, then drop me a message or leave a comment or visit their website, charterpath.org. Now, are we ready to meet the guests? What would you say if I told you that accountants are the sexiest profession on the planet? Would you believe me or would you laugh at me? So many people would laugh, and I'm here with this podcast to prove them wrong. Accountants these days, they are tech savvy. They are app smart. They understand how to improve how you operate by via interpretation of data like never before. We have an amazing amount of information at our fingertips that can help us decide as business owners what to do on an hour by hour basis, let alone week by week, month by month, or worse, retrospectively. Accountants these days have so much more to offer. And I'm here to prove that to you. So I'm Kelly Dawn, your host, and this is my podcast, Accountants Are Sexy. Change my mind. Hello and welcome to another episode of Accountants Are Sexy, Change My Mind. Uh, this week we have a very lovely lady who, um, once again, I'm sure you'll probably recognise if you hang around on LinkedIn at all, um, it's Romana Jeffries. Welcome. Hello. Hello. So I am, I've met Romana via LinkedIn. Romana works with accountants. She has a lot of experience, particularly in the sales field, as far as I understand it, but we'll dig into that in a moment. Romana, would you like to just let everybody know exactly what it is that you do? Uh, yeah, of course. Thank you, Kelly. Um, so, I mean, I, I actually, my career started as an accounts assistant um, back in 2011. So... I've been working as an accountant up until, well, in practice, I suppose, up until two years ago. Mm. Um, so I used to have a small business, small accountancy firm, uh, grew it quite quickly. We ended up having three offices uh, across two counties, multiple staff members, etc. And um, it was funny because my passion and my background before I got into accountancy was actually sales. And um, I, I'd gone through quite a rough time during my sort of late teenage years, and I, I was a grammar school dropout, unfortunately, which I'm sure my father still hasn't forgiven me for. But um, I ended up in a in a sales role, and I loved it, absolutely loved it. And then uh, the recession hit in 2008, and I was made redundant, um, unfortunately, and that sort of hit me that you know I can't. I, it, it was just one of those things that, that I'd never experienced before. I didn't even know what redundancy was, you know. I was so young. 
So I went crying back to my parents and I said to my dad, Dad, I don't know what to do. I've just taken out a mobile phone contract and, you know, I'm, I'm taking my driving lessons. What on earth do I do? So he said to me, you've got three choices. You can be a doctor, you can be a lawyer or an accountant. Wow. <laughs> so, um, you know, coming from an Asian family, they're very much, these are the three professions that sort of, make our parents proud of us and I'm sure you know all my other Asian friends will say the exact same thing so I didn't want to do I didn't want to be a doctor I wasn't going to study for that many years and yeah I don't know I just found lawyers the whole lawyer thing a bit boring that there was just something about it it wasn't just me and I was always good at maths at school so I thought to myself enough I'm going to be an accountant so I um (laughs) I I went door to door knocking on literally every accountancy firm there was in my town and uh, begged them just to give me a chance. Um, and eventually I, I landed myself an accounts assistant role and uh, that's when I started studying for ACCA. And uh, turns out you don't have to actually be any good at maths because maths has got nothing to do with accountancy because everything's done on software and calculators. <laughs> Yeah, but it is funny how many people say to me, well, I thought I was good at math, so I thought I'd go into accounting. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but no, I mean, that was good. I mean, I worked for a firm and, you know, the first two weeks were quite tedious. So they had me filing and that was literally it. But I asked for more and more and, and it was good. And then I think it was a few months into the job. Um, the practice that I was working for were looking to grow and they had booked a few exhibitions and... I'd noticed that all the accountants around me were answering the sales calls, were actually taking the calls initially, and the amount of people that they weren't closing, I just thought, gosh, I'm not even a qualified accountant, but even I can close these people. Yeah. Um, so what the um, what I found out was that the managing directors were actually offering permission to each accountant that could sign up a client. And even though I didn't have the accountant title, I begged the managing director to give me an opportunity that I could close more than these other accountants could. So mm-hmm. I did. And uh, I loved it. It was so easy. Um, and, you know, I just thought to myself, this is this is great. And what happened was, unfortunately, two, two years later, the firm split up. The partners went their own way. Again, I was at risk of being made redundant. <laughs> but mm-hmm. I can't have that. And my, my husband, so my fiancé at the time, he said to me, look, why don't you just do it for yourself? You know how to sign up clients, just do it for yourself. Mm-hmm. And if you can't do the actual work, hire someone to do the work for you. So I thought, okay. And I did it. I just put everything into it. January 2014, I started. And uh, the, the firm grew and grew and grew, and, and it was great. And, you know, I loved the sales part of it. I loved the tax advice part of it. The actual bookkeeping side, mm-mm. reconciling bank statements, I can't think of. I'd rather watch paint dry. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, what I have to learn. Fabulous. What fabulous <laughs> advice from your other half. Well done him for recognising No, I know. I mean, to be honest, like, again, I think it's a lot to do with my culture, you know, I've got four brothers, I've got a lot of male cousins, my father, my uncles, they're all businessmen, they're all property investors, and it was always, I always grew up knowing that 
I'd be married off and I'd be living with my husband and that would be it. I'd have no career. I'd, I wouldn't have uh, a further education. I, I wouldn't do anything other than be a stay-at-home mom, basically, and a stay-at-home wife. So I always had this competitive streak in, in me that I just I wanted to prove to my dad and my uncle that I could be just as good as they can. Mm. And... Um, I always wanted my own business and I'm really glad my, my you know, my husband and fiance at the time pushed me for it because it's the best thing I ever did. It really is. Yeah. Um, the um it's quite amazing hearing from different cultures because, you know, I I've always been I don't know, raised by a, a typical white family, I guess, where I've just been told I can do whatever I want, but had no direction at all. There was no um you should be this you should be that it's like do whatever you want all right goodbye see you later here's your lunch and that's about as much as much direction as i got um so you really have, it's coming from two different perspectives but i think that the thing that i'm hearing in your story is that you've always been a people person yes. you've always been peopley and that's not necessarily something um that jumps out of people when they th when they think about accountants is how peopley no, they are I mean, from early on, I, you wouldn't believe the stories I have to tell, honestly. I'd go to networking events and, I mean, I was, back then, a lot younger, slimmer, better looking, etc. You know, no, 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 we don't, we don't think about that <laughs> too hard. <laughs> but um, I'd turn up at networking events and people would ignore me. You know, I'd be in a little black dress thinking, oh, you know, I look really good. And then I used to think, no one's coming anywhere near me. And uh, unfortunately, I met a lot of misogynists men that wouldn't even give me the time of yeah. day other than oh can you grab me a cup of coffee darling you know that was it um and a lot of them i think they treated me like i was their pa or a secretary or something and yeah. i remember actually going there with one of my colleagues who was much older than me but the the people at the networking event thought he was the boss and i was his assistant <laughs> and uh, it was just it was that it was annoying, but it fueled me even more to yeah. prove myself to, to all these people. So, yeah. you know, I was very much, when you say a people person, I, I am a people person. I was back then, but I wasn't afraid to sort of think outside the box and, and get what I wanted. You know, I think it helped being trained in sales from such a young age. And I was 17 when I started in sales and I went to this big training firm in London and it was like the, the European headquarters of this big company that I worked for and uh, it was a residential training and you know having a, a really really sexy Portuguese trainer helped definitely <laughs> but um, I learned a lot <laughs> <laughs> but um, you know some of these men that wouldn't give me the time of day they'd all they'd all discuss business on the golf course and that right in mm -hmm. front of they would talk about going onto the golf course and meeting up and and I knew the only way I'd win is if I joined those men but I wasn't going to get an invitation so what did I do and I had nothing I had no idea about golf so I spoke to my husband and he told me to, to go to the driving range so I went to the driving range I practiced and one day I turned up on the golf course and I remember it vividly because I was all dressed in white because I was a proper fashionista back then and I had this pink <laughs> club in my hand and I turned up and I said you guys are doing business I want I want in you know I can't wow. let me play and yeah. uh, 
we really hit it off and it, it was i knew just to get their attention i had to do something outside of the box um yeah. and but these were my ideal clients at the time you know um and that's how i managed to grow my firm initially by and then obviously going yeah. into social media in the early days um that really really helps and that was something that a lot of my competitors weren't doing using social media yeah so, but so many people would be afraid to take that step and go and actually turn up somewhere and do something that's out of their comfort zone i mean I've, I'm going to tell you a very, very quick story. When I was about 11 years old, I went to golf school. Actual oh, wow. school. It wasn't like a, like a proper school school, like an education school, but it was a, a it was a golf school. And um, uh, <laughs> with the with my mum's intention that I would be using golf to network with people eventually later on in life. That's what she thought would set me up for life. Wow. It didn't work. I can't play golf. <laughs> I cannot play golf for the life of me. My um, my clubs were stolen. That was the end of my golf career. Oh no! <laughs> but, but how many people would just stop and and not do the things like not turn up to a networking meeting, not learn to play golf, not put themselves in a in a situation which is slightly uncomfortable? But you know, and, and I think that I think. I don't know how to persuade people to do that. So how do you work with clients and persuade them to leap out of that comfort zone? So a lot of people come to me for business development, so for business growth. And mm. it's so funny because I get so many, especially now, because of all the coaches and gurus online that go on about, <clears throat> you've got to do mindset, you've got to do this, you've got to do that. Nowadays, I get people come to me and say, I don't want to know about mindset. I know about mindset. I'm fine with that. I just want to know how do I get clients? And I say to them, yeah. I'm going to talk to you about mindset. Because you don't have your mindset sorted, this is the reason you're not getting clients. Because if you sorted your mindset out, you wouldn't need to come to me. You wouldn't need to pay me. Pay me a penny. Because you can get so much free information out there. If you just yeah. read it and took it in, you'd implement it. But you're not because there's something wrong with your mindset. So it is about a lot a lot of it is about helping people understand that you know they need to sort of come out of their of their shell they need to come out of this box that they've been closeting themselves in um yes you're an accountant but you're also a business owner you are an employer you're a business owner you know you you have responsibilities to your client to your family and to yourself so why are you going to deny something for yourself and from your for your family um, just because you, you're not prepared to go out there and think outside the box. And this is why people lose. This is why competitors are winning, because they're happy to put themselves out there. And, you know, I get asked a question a lot of the time, but I'm an introvert. How can I put myself out there? Again, it doesn't matter if you're an introvert or extrovert. It's all about the mindset and whether or not you have the courage and the bravery to, to step out of your box and actually try something new, you know? First time I ever flew a plane, oh my god, I was so scared. I was so scared. I just... that bomb. You flew you fly planes. <laughs> so I was... this woman now plays golf and flies planes. You're you're pretty much a good catch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I um I was always interested in flying. I loved flying and Amazing. um I took flying lessons and I was literally going to take my private pilot's exam just um, just after, I think it was March 2020, April 2020, because March we had a bit of bad weather, so that had to be delayed. 
and then obviously COVID hit and everything stopped. Mm -hmm. So since then, um, I have had some personal issues going on with myself and I mm -hmm. I wasn't ready to take my pilot's exam, but I definitely will be finishing that. But yeah, That's as a non-qualified pilot, I can I can definitely land a plane or take it off if you need me to. Um, I read a story the other day on the news about somebody had to do that. I think it was in Florida. Some someone had to. I think the, the pilot was was down for some reason, and somebody had to take over uh, and get air control to help them and actually help them to land the actual plane that they were in. So, wow. but yeah, you know, the first time I ever did that, absolutely shitting myself. Excuse my language. You know, I was so scared. I said to my fiance at the time, I said, I think we need to put a will in place. You know, what if I don't come back? <laughs> Say goodbye to my mum and dad forever. <laughs> but now it's like driving a car, so. Wow. It's like driving a car, but just super high up in the sky. <laughs> you know what? The best thing about it is there's no lanes. So, you know, you don't have to worry about changing lanes. It's literally just the horizon. As long as you've got that straight, you're fine. And wow. as as that, I think fine. that's... <laughs> yeah, that's I've got to be oversimplifying it, but I'm going to roll with it anyway because I believe I can do it. <laughs> that's the thing, you know, you have you have to. Every life has so many challenges, and life is a challenge in itself. And we we have yeah. to. We can't just sit there and just take what life gives us. If we really want to be happy, if we really want to do something with ourselves, we have to go out and do it. And it doesn't matter what it is you know if that's what you want to do just go out and do it just a little steps at a time the first time you do it you'll be absolutely fine you know um i think there's an expression that we use in our family and as morbid as it may sound to some people it really does give us some motivation and when we do something then we're like oh i was really scared it's horrible we're like but did you die though so, <laughs> did you no 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 so you're all right so You've lived another day. Come on, let's, you know, go and do it again. <laughs> and that's how we get through. Absolutely. First time I was on stage, oh, my gosh. I, I was sweating and my, my yes. mascara was just dripping and I was so nervous, so scared. And now I go and gate crash other people's events and just turn up, <laughs> you know. But there's always that scared, that, that feeling of fear the very first time you have to do something. And that's fine. That's okay. I mean, because if you didn't have that, it wouldn't have, it wouldn't mean as much to you. One hundred percent. I completely agree with that. That's what I remind myself of, and what I remind others of as well. The fear is just you caring. You know, it's just coming out that you actually give a damn about what it is you're doing. I am. Um, I was a, a, a member of BNI for quite a while, and I remember, like when I first joined, and I used to stand up do my 60 seconds and from everyone else in the room they thought I was a confident little bunny but yeah. really as soon as I sat down my hands were tremoring and if I tried to hold a cup of coffee it would be all jittery yeah. I would be panicking every ounce of me would be panicking it was only 60 seconds that doesn't happen to me these days now I just I don't the caring and it is about the caring has kind of flipped itself because I don't necessarily care about the 60 seconds I care about the connections I make and it's kind of like it's different for me but uh, yeah but that that fear is definitely definitely real and also it's good for your mental brain isn't it to feel it don't you think definitely absolutely and 
when you come when you overcome it it's such a great feeling yeah. that you think exactly. it's like yeah. it's all worth it in the first place but i mean yeah. i tell some of my clients you know the very first time i ever submitted a vat return i was oh my gosh <laughs> i've got nearly every bring over the button <laughs> exactly checking and double checking just in case i had that fear inside me and it's yeah. not just me it's every other accountant out there that you know the first time you submit an annual or it used to be called annual terms and called confirmation statements or you know you, you yeah. submit a set of accounts or you, you submit a vat return because you really care about your role so much that job title means everything mm -hmm. to you and mm. you want to do the best you can for your client so yeah i was i was shit scared when i was trying to submit a bit my first VAT return and stuff like that and I, I literally I double checked and triple checked and quadruple checked and and I got mm. everyone else to check and then even then I got the partners to check and everyone was like Romana just submit the goddamn thing you know just submit it <laughs> and then and then I had and I did it and then I had the fear of oh my god I have to send it to the client now what if it's wrong what if the client asks me questions what if they ask why this, why I got to the figures that I did and it was like yeah. that for the first sort of six to nine months, I'd say. And so I was pretty confident and I'd done it over and over again. And, you know, now I can submit the AT returns with my eyes shut. <laughs> yeah. And it, it's, yeah, like, it's like that with everything else as well. So, yeah, with these accountants, just remember the very first time you submitted something, how scared you felt and now how you feel about it. Then yeah. now, you need to try something new. <laughs> Just crack on, crack on. There's always a first time. The um, when you work with clients now, then do you work with um, just the owners of the firm, or do you? Because I'm just thinking about your experience when you started in as an accounts assistant. Do you work with the teams and help develop them as well? Because they're like a really vital part of yeah. this, you know, of the practice. So, in my opinion, and it's not something I touch, but everyone needs to be upskilled in that area. Oh yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. You know, when whenever I took interviews uh, to hire a member of staff in my firm, part of their job role was business development because mm. at the end of the day, I, I can hire. You know, there's automation, there's all these online tools, there's even outsourced departments that can sit there and plug away at um at the numbers but at the end of the day if i need somebody to sign up a client or if i need someone that's managing their client portfolio um i need them to produce referrals so it's not just doing a really really good job because a lot of the time unless you ask for referrals no one's going to give them to you you know mm. i don't go around telling all my friends and all my family and everybody I meet oh I just you know my hairdresser is amazing here's her number here my hairdresser is amazing because I don't think that they need that service at the time because I'm too busy thinking about my own life and everything else around yeah. me and that's what most people are like so you know it was very important that they understood that yes there'd be client managers they'd be managing the clients and doing the work but it'd also be managing the fees that the clients were bringing in that meant asking for referrals asking for testimonials especially google testimonials you do it and that was part of the job so going forward to now yes absolutely i work with teams um because some accountants they they just they just don't want to know social media and but they understand the importance of his existence and the, the, yeah. the, the, the part that it plays in their business so if they have a team member that they're happy for me to train, I'm more than happy to do that because it might be that actually 
me training that team member is going to be more productive than if I made this accountant sit there and go through everything with me and he really, really does not want to do it and it's just not going to work for him. Yeah. Wow. yeah see this, this is this is where we um we we align really so i'm i'm of the same mindset i think the more involved your team can be the more they champion your business like even if they're not like leading your your sales function if they're just supporting you yeah. like it's it's the thing that we want to know the most you know if how on board are your own staff because yeah. if they're on board then actually everything looks like it's working fine. And if they're not on board, well, why? Is there a problem? You know, you, do you not have a great culture? So it means everything. But the thing that I do worry about sometimes, and you probably experience that this yourself, is they do want to outsource. They do want to pass the buck. They don't necessarily want to lead and champion their own business. And then they could be building a house of cards. Because if you put your fate into one of your staff members' hands, not yeah. saying that, you know, this is not a typical scenario, but you have no control. You have no control over the fate of your company. You can't put more effort in. You can only rely on somebody else to do so. Um, yeah. And as a business owner, that scares the bejeebas out of me. I want, I want to be at the front. No, absolutely. And, you know, you wouldn't believe there's some, some of the things that I've been through. <coughs> I've been through tribunals, I've been through litigation, I've been through the whole shebang. Everything you can think of, I've ticked that box. And <laughs> at the time, I thought my life was ending, you know, the world was com coming crashing down. But yeah. now I see it as a blessing because I've learned so much and had so much experience. Now, I completely understand why accountants do not want to just hand over, say, marketing and sales, for example, to a particular person in, in their firm. And... It's probably because they think any contacts, any connections, anything that that particular individual makes, if they choose to leave, they will go and they'll take all those connections with them. And I've mm. had that done to me. I, I have. And, you know, for about six months after that happened, I kept my business close to my chest. I wouldn't let anyone know what was going on. And Best all that you though, right? Yeah, exactly. But you know what? All that did was it, it caused burnout. It caused depression, burnout. I couldn't grow the company as I wanted to. So in the end, I just had to start thinking, okay, look, if there's going to be some damage, what's 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 the likelihood it's going to be a lot to sort of, can, can I recover from it? You know, really, how much clients are they going to take? So I did outsource and I got a, a lot of people, a lot of people working for me doing different parts of the business. But one thing I always made sure I had was every single email that went out, every single article, I don't mean emails to clients, but every email shot, every article, every blog post, everything like that came from the managing director, which was me. Mm -hmm. So anything important, anything about tax legislation, anything about even yeah. down to the Christmas cards, you know, it came from me. So the clients knew who I was at the end of the day, regardless of who yeah. the support staff were. Yeah, no, that's that's really sound advice. So talking of advice, because I can't believe how quickly this conversation has gone. <laughs> so what are your top tips for accountants who are struggling to win business? Um, I would say focus on your strengths. And if, you, if you're not sure if you're any good at marketing or sales, then go and ask for some help and, you know, go and do your own research because... Mm. 
you started as a trainee at one point, you studied accountancy, you didn't know accountancy, you didn't know all about tax legislation, you studied it and you learnt it and you got good at it. The same thing, you study it, you learn about it, you have mentors, you reach out, you ask for help, you do something, you make a mistake, you learn from it. That is all life is. You're doing that in your accountancy career. If you're an accountancy firm owner, you're not just an accountant, you're an employer. You know, you have to do HR, marketing, sales, admin even, so many different things until you've got everything set up properly and, and outsourced. But if, you know, all, all I would say is go and learn it, do it yourself, because at the end of the day, just throwing money at something, expecting an agency or someone else or whoever to do it for you, it still goes back to what you just mentioned before. If that person goes, if that person leaves, if that person stops working with you, that's gone. Your money was spent and you might have got some return on investment, but that's it. Whereas if you know as much as you can about the industry, then you have some idea as to, you know, what to do or whether or not someone's ripping you off or what direction to take your marketing or sales to next. So just study. Yeah. Yeah, I think overall strategy, have a grasp on your overall strategy. At least understand the part you play in that and the parts that you need other people to play. I think all too often people want to outsource everything. Yep. You know, just win me business. Well, just win me business doesn't work. Yeah. yeah you exactly. know. Oh my God, Kelly! You so, not believe the amount of the accounts, the amount of accountants I've spoken to that pay a lead generation agency. So yeah. much. I'm talking a thousand pounds a month. And yeah. some of these accountants say to me, it's working. When I ask them for the numbers, they say to me, oh, I sign up one client a month. You're spending a £1,000 a month and you're only yeah. signing up one client. <sighs> what the hell? Yeah. <laughs> you know? but, but then they don't also, uh, they, don't, they don't track what's coming in properly. They, yeah. like, when it reaches them, so lead generation companies, and I'm not a lead generation company, I'm a marketer. Yeah. So I look at it from a different perspective. But lead generation companies fill the funnel with stuff mm. but they don't know what's working unless you track the numbers properly exactly. so how many leads did you actually speak to how many of them were good leads how many of them did you close how many of them are in your pipeline for later did you close any of them later on none of them like as far as i've come across ish track this information yeah. So if they're spending a thousand pounds a month on adverts without this metrics, then that's just going down the drain. Yeah. Like it's incredible. And sorry, people take their money and it really makes me cross. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't I'm not a huge fan of lead generation companies. I've got a very good friend that deals with that in a different uh he he sort of sells traffic um in a, diff in a yeah. different sort of industry, but I see how it works and you know he makes a, a ton of money but his clients sometimes they will sometimes they won't but um yeah I, I was just saying you know if social media is one one platform that that there's so much opportunities honestly everybody's on social media mm -hmm. if you're not people question why are you not on social media you know my cousin yeah. had um uh, she was engaged to this guy we didn't even know that she was dating so me and my brother, nosy sods that we are, we try to find this guy everywhere and we thought something's wrong with him. Yeah. He's not on, he's not on any social media. Oh. That's not normal. Yeah. And um, 
I bet you he's the type of person that goes and sits in a coffee shop and doesn't look at his phone. I mean, what a weirdo. Well, let's just say we found out some things about him and, and the, the marriage didn't go ahead and it all fell through. But Oh, wow. Yeah, exactly. But I'm not saying you have to put your entire personal life out there, but they need to see that yeah. social media is a form of content. Just like every email you write, every mail shot you send, every blog post you write, every page you put on your website... Social media is just another piece of content. Yeah, absolutely. Everything that you put out there for other people to see is a form of your content. Yeah. So that's that's already half an hour, Romano. I think we could speak for ages because we've only just like scratched the surface. No. Um, there is one final question though. Mm -hmm. So, and I think you're in a prime prime position to be answering this. What is the sexiest thing about accountants? Oh, <laughs> oh! I wish you'd asked me that before. I could talk. I could think about it then. Um, I love putting people on the spot. Can't help it. <laughs> sexiest thing. Gosh, I've got to be nice as well now. Now that my, I'm on the other side and my clients are my accountants, are actually accountants. I've got to be nice. <laughs> um, you know what? I would say it's the dedication to the industry. Um, I have not yeah. seen anyone else in any industry dedicate as much of their career and time uh, as accountants do to the accountancy industry. You know, there's so much stuff that we have to do, so much legislation we have to read up on, so much stuff that we have to implement. And no one tells us these things. The Chancellor will just make an announcement once a year and then everything changes and we have to rely on reading up ourselves and asking our peers and our mentors and tax advisors and uh, lecturers and, you know, software companies and. We all have to come together and, and figure out what it is that we have to do to, to help our clients. And I think yeah. that's the sexiest thing. The fact that we dedicate, yeah. accountants dedicate so much of their career and their time to the industry. And that's amazing. Yeah. <clears throat> and the like, as you mentioned, the collaboration in this industry is second to none. Like, yeah. it's phenomenal. Absolutely. Yeah. Perfect answer. Thank you very much. Well, that really is all we've got time for. So um, I'm going to be directing people to your LinkedIn. Is there anywhere else you'd like them to go? If they'd like to find out more? Uh, no, just LinkedIn is fine for now. Yep. Yeah. Um, they can always connect with me on Facebook if they want to uh, or follow me on Instagram. But nowadays, I see when I am hanging out on social media, I am hanging out on LinkedIn. I am. Um, I'm testing a few things for myself so I'm more I'm sort of putting money into the ads at the moment to do some testing because at the end of the day I, I have to test what works before I then go and pitch it to my clients you know um oh, sure. and uh so yeah so LinkedIn probably is the best place thank you lovely well, if you are not co uh, connected with Romana, I suggest that you do so. She's a wonderful person to follow. Um, so once again, thank you ever so much for coming on. Thank you so much, Kelly, for having me. It's been a pleasure. Well, thank you very much for listening to Accountants of Sexy Change My Mind. Um, I enjoy every single one of my guests and it's always a pleasure to have and a privilege to have such an insight into their business. So if you've got to the end, I appreciate it. If you would like to follow, subscribe, share with your mates, or if you fancy being a guest, why don't you drop us a message and we can, uh, we can have a chat about having you on. So it's, once again, it's been a pleasure. Thanks ever so much for joining in and I will see you next well, I hope you enjoyed that episode. We've got a ton more guests already lined up and I can't wait to share that with you. 
Please do also remember to check out our sponsor, Charterpath. They're bridging the gap between financial skills and the nonprofit sector. And if you're looking at growing your practice and wondering what is the next step for you or how to do that, maybe you want to check out Accounting Pirates as well. We've got a treasure chest of support there that might be able to help you get to your next level.